Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study, about 13 minutes, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong and grow stronger in our faith. It also helps keep us focused on a relationship with God. We always encourage you to share these studies through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with everybody you can. Help somebody in your life grow spiritually and prayerfully, hopefully, get to heaven. Share today. We're going to get back into our particular section of study that's going to close out this series that we've been dealing with and studying about for 12 weeks already, and that is heart troubles. In this particular lesson or section of this study, we're talking about selfishness. Now, we have already covered, as I said, 12 different particular focuses of, of individual problems of the heart from a spiritual perspective. We've talked about laziness. We've talked about anger, hatred, gossip, worry, unforgiveness, arrogant pride, harsh judgments, fear, weak faith, ingratitude, and we've talked about prejudice. This particular section is intended to close out this particular series of study. Heart troubles, and then we'll move on to something else. Selfishness, that's what we're talking about in this section. Now, we're using first uh, Roman, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, as something of a springboard for this particular study. And here the Apostle Paul wrote, We then who are strong, strong spiritually, obviously, ought to bear with the scruples of the weak, we ought to recognize and we ought to care about our weak brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe in some cases those who have just recently become Christians, maybe in other cases they've been Christians for quite a while, but they really have not matured and developed very well to this point, but we need to care about them. We need to recognize their weaknesses and we need to, to help them along if we can and certainly not do anything to in somehow inhibit their spiritual maturity. He goes on and says, and not to please ourselves. So we ought to bear with the scruples, the weaknesses, the problems of the weak in faith, and not to please ourselves. Our focus needs to be on those weak brethren and how we can help them, not to please ourselves. We're not the focus in this. He goes on and says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. And the word edification means building up. To edify is to build up, to encourage, to strengthen. Well, as we said, when we look at the idea of selfishness, by definition, we can understand it in these various ways. And you may be able to focus more specifically in one particular way that is listed here than some of the others. Selfishness, to be selfish, is to be focused on your own interests, but now not in a way that says, okay, I need to be responsible. I need to take care of the things I ought to take care of. But no, it's, it's the idea, and we could think of it uh, by synonym as, as being greedy at times, being greedy, envious, what I want, focused on your own interests, your own desires, your own needs, your own wishes, 
as being more important while ignoring those desires, interests, needs, wishes of others. It is to be self-seeking, self-centered, self-interested, egotistical, and egocentric. Well, the word selfishness is found in the New Testament several times, and it is linked with the word ambitions, selfish ambitions. We read 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 20. And if you read the first, Paul's first recorded letter to that particular congregation of the Lord's church, 1 Corinthians, you see that he dealt with, in that particular letter, a number of problems and difficulties from a spiritual perspective that they were having within the congregation. There was some division there. There was some probably looking down upon one another to some degree. You know, and there was immorality within the congregation. Paul gave them some very direct and and straightforward instructions as to the sinfulness, the errors of some of these things that were going on, and their need to correct them quickly. In 2 Corinthians, the second letter, he's still dealing with some things within the congregation, some matters, although I think we're to understand that some of the things he had addressed in the first recorded letter to that congregation, they had taken action on and, and they had improved. But there were still some things they needed correction in. Now, in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 20, we read, Paul writing, I fear lest when I come. So he's saying, I plan to come back and see you again. I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish. In other words, I, I'm, I'm afraid when I come back to the congregation there in Corinth, I'm not going to find things the way they ought to be in some cases. And I'm coming to exercise discipline if that's what's needed, and I'm afraid you may find me such as you do not wish. He goes on and says, lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults. And I think we're to understand that these particular spiritual and character problems had existed within the congregation, they should have been put away by now, corrected, but maybe not completely. And notice that he puts pretty much right in the middle of that list, selfish ambitions. Selfish ambitions. There's no room for ungodly selfishness in the life of a Christian, in his mindset. We look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, and this is perhaps the longest of the list of worldly, sinful practices, lifestyles that Paul lays out in a number of different letters that he warns against and says, these things, if you're taking part in these kinds of practices, if they identify the kind of lifestyle you're living, he said, you're not going to be in heaven. You're not going to be in heaven. So 
what does he write to the Corinthians, uh, to the Galatians congregations there? Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident. The works of the flesh, in other words, worldliness, sinfulness, evil, wickedness, they're evident, he says, which are adultery, fornication. Well, we can certainly understand that. That is running rampant in our culture today and has been for a long, long, long time. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. We see that all around us, don't we? Outbursts of wrath, violence in our nation right now. I don't know that I've ever seen it as prevalent as as it is right now and as on open display as it is right now. And then what's the next one he's warning against? Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, you're not going to be in heaven. If you're living in these kinds of lifestyles, taking practice on a regular basis in these kinds of sinful actions, and within this long list, and notice again, he's talking about adultery, fornication, he's talking about drunkenness, he's talking about murders, he's talking about, uh, he's talking about outbursts of wrath. Right in the middle of this, basically, he includes selfish ambitions, And he says, that's going to keep you out of heaven. If that's part of your lifestyle, if that's part of your supposed Christian characteristic or identity, that's that's not what what, uh, identifies a true Christian. He says, you're living like that? You're not going to be in heaven. Now, of course, the warning is also to those who have not yet become Christians. If you're living in these kinds of lifestyles, taking practice in these kinds of sinful pursuits, Uh, until you repent and come to God through Jesus Christ in baptism for the remission of your sins, you're not going to be in heaven. Let's look a little further. Philippians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And here Paul wrote to the congregation at Philippi. So we're looking at three separate letters to three different congregation groups. This one in Philippi. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. Now, he's talking about some who claim to be preaching Jesus Christ, but they're doing it from selfish ambition. Their motive is to make a lot of money or to gain a great following that's going to build them up, that's going to help them be puffed up, going to give them a a big image within the society in which they live. He said, that's the wrong motive. You can be teaching the truth with a wrong motive behind it and be condemned because of the wrong motive. You can be teaching the truth, basically, but teaching it in the wrong way and still perhaps be condemned. Now, Philippians chapter 2, we go a little further in this particular letter. Verses 3 and 4, he says, speaking directly, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. 
and we can tie selfish ambition and conceit together there to a great extent. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Now, what does he mean by lowliness of mind? He's talking about being humble. In lowliness of mind, being gentle. Let each esteem others better than than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Now, notice, let each esteem hold up others better than himself. Don't be selfish. Don't have selfish ambition. Think about others. Encourage them, even if it means you take a back seat. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, just being selfish and self-centered, but also for the interests of others, and in some cases, putting their interest ahead of your interests. Direct statements. Important warnings. We'll look a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to put away selfishness from our lives, to put it away for good, and to embody the character of Christianity that you want us to demonstrate to the world around us as shining lights of Jesus Christ, as seasoning salt of the true teachings of Christianity. Please help us, Father, we pray, and help us to glorify you in the way we live. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.